Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Wednesday morning, Birds fans. Thanks for getting in here on Birds 365. Summer vacation is almost over. Not quite yet, but getting closer to getting back to football with the Eagles and Chiefs on Monday night. Uh, We'll certainly talk about that and a couple of things around the league. Got two very good guests coming your way. John McMullen, when you go back to South uh, Philadelphia, which is tomorrow, right? They're not doing anything. You don't have any. Uh, correct. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Keep us out as long as humanly possible. That's so, the goal. Tomorrow is the day that you actually get to see some Eagles again. And you'll see some new Eagles, new old Eagles, as they do a little churning of the bottom of the practice squad, eh? Yeah, Noah Tungiai. Happy uh, Noah Tungiai Day for those who uh, uh, celebrate. Uh, welcome back, Noah. It seems like uh, he's not Julian Vanderbilt yet, but uh, third time he'll be back on the team. So obviously with Dallas Goddard going down, they have a lot of familiarity with them, understands what they want to do, that kind of thing. They had EJ Jenkins, so they just kind of rotated those two guys out. Feel more comfortable, obviously, with Noah. Um, and that's understandable, uh, but I, I don't know if it's going to, you know, be relevant unless there's another injury. You know, we always talk about Grand Calcaterra, the concussions. Uh, so you never know because those are, those are uh, not, it, it, there's not a standard uh, for each player. There could be different levels of concussion, obviously is a history. So it's more concerning than somebody who doesn't have a history and on and on and on. There's still so many things 
even the doctors don't know about concussions. So that's always a question mark. But uh, obviously, it's going to be Stoll, Calcaterra, if he's healthy, and Albert O. Then you get down to Noah Tungiai. But you got to have some depth. Um, and the offensive line, they they brought in a couple players over the past couple days. And that's understandable because they lost. Really, they've lost three practice squad offensive linemen over the past few weeks. If you go back to Tyre Phillips, who went back to the Giants and was actually, I saw him out there. He was playing against the Cowboys. So things are not going well for the Giants, to say the least, as we all know. But uh, they also lost Brett Toth to Carolina and Julian Good-Jones. Um to the Washington Commanders. So um, they brought in Ross Piersbacher yesterday with Lasitis Smith. Lasitis Smith, former six-round pick, started a couple games with uh, Arizona um, as a rookie. So maybe he's got some upside. Who knows? And and yeah, probably the biggest news of the day was Justin Evans getting his practice window started. So we were talking about that. Um, at the end of the show yesterday. So we'll see if he's on track to help this week, uh, Monday night against Kansas City, but uh, certainly getting closer. Now, uh, Lucida Smith, who I'm not familiar with, he's never been with the Eagles before, right? No, no. Tungi Eye, it's a we know, he knows what we do and how we do it and everything else. So the familiarity aspect of it makes sense. But uh, Smith is just a guy who was out there that they knew needing a little practice squad offensive line help. Yeah. They thought was uh, a talent that they should bring in just to try and get into the system as well. Yeah, I mean, they always like to have uh, a, a group of offensive linemen as evidenced uh, uh, by losing three players off the practice squad, you know, so they wanted to replenish. And uh, Piersbacher was here before. Um, I always say, Eagles, um, if you look at the history of the practice squad since Jeff Stoutland has been here, they have a center every single year on the practice squad. He likes that for scout teamwork, and they lost uh, Julian Good-Jones and, and and Ross as a center by trade, um, so they're familiar with him, so he comes back. And, yeah, Lasitis Smith is sort of here as the, you know, you lost Toth, you lost Phillips, so you need to add some some bodies on, on the practice squad at, on the offensive line. They still have LaRaven Clark, by the way, as well on the practice squad. And that's one area where I say, if Stoutland says so, it goes. Uh, I trust Jeff Stoutland's evaluation of uh, developing <laughs> offensive linemen. So that's one where you just go, all right, if Coach Stoutland said so, that, that works. Well, he's us. more likely to play somewhere else. You know, he'll get in here for a couple of weeks and somebody else will get an offensive lineman hurt and they'll say, all right, let's look who Stoutland's got and let's pluck him. The, the 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 transaction wire does tell you that the league realizes, yeah, if we're looking for a development offensive lineman, if Stoutland's had his hands on him for a while, why don't we take him and give him a chance here with us? Makes makes a lot of sense. And the Evans uh, activation of the practice window doesn't guarantee that he'll be up and ready to play by Sunday, but certainly trending in that direction. Interesting part of it is that uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he and Quez 
go down in the same week, get put on yeah. IR in the yeah. same week, and he gets activated, and, and, and they decide not to activate it, Quez's window. Now, they got till today. He won't miss anything because they're not practicing today. If they want to, they can do it today and have him ready to practice tomorrow. But oh, just Evans more physically ready? Is that what we have to read into the fact? No, that I, I would say <clears> – <throat> I, just by judging, Quez has been out there a, a little bit more than Justin Evans um, working on side field, stretching. Um, I, I just noticed Justin late in the week before the bye, finally getting out there. Um, Quez has been out there for a little bit. Uh, no, I think it's an indication where, um, you know, Nick Sirianni keeps talking about he'll be back, he'll be back, but I think they're waiting for an injury. I, I don't think he's coming back until um, they're playing that game that, you know, somebody else pulls a hamstring. God forbid it's uh, AJ or Devontae, but if Cubby, if, 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 if Julio Jones, um, who am I missing? Uh, Olavide Zacchaeus. If they, you know, tweak something, then Quez will be back. I think until that point, I think they're going to play the game and leave them on injured reserve and and wait, you know, as a uh, security precaution, break, break glass in case of emergency. I think that's pretty clear by them not starting the window like they did with Justin. Yeah, but what does it cost to start the window? It doesn't, except it ends. So right, you got you know, three if weeks. there's if there's three weeks and everybody's healthy, and you get somebody injured on the fourth week, well, you got to make a decision before you want to make a decision. So by this, you can kind of play the game and keep extending it, keep extending it, um, maybe for the entire season if everybody stays healthy. So the. The three, the speed threat that was or is, or Nick Sirianni likes to portray of Quez opening things up for the other Eagle wide receivers. It's going to be tough to restate that narrative if they're just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting till Well, they picked hurt. up Julio Jones. So, I mean, that's the change. If Julio wasn't here, he they would have started his window and he'd be back on the team and he'd be criticizing him in a different way. But uh, they got Julio Jones. So one of the issues with back, I talk about it all the time at certain positions um, and wide receivers, one of them. If you're not going to be one of the main guys, you got to help on special teams. And Quez is not a good special teams player. He is not a good uh, uh, cover guy. He is not a good kick returner. I can't believe how long the Eagles kept trotting him out there as a kick returner. He is not good at it. Um, and he can't help in other areas. And Cubby's obviously a big help as the punt returner. And, and Olamide is a better special teams player. So, if you can't help, you're the fourth and fifth receiver and you're not part of the, the main packages and you can't help on special teams, you're SOL, as they say. Right, and that's why he's still awaiting return. And as far as the rules go with the practice squad, with uh, uh, being activated from IR, you get eight for the entire year, right? You can have as many guys as you want on IR. It, it, there's no limit to that. You can have half the team on IR. But you can only activate eight players yes. over the course of the season from the IR. 
How many of the Eagles used so far this year? Because correct me if I'm wrong, John, but they haven't officially put either Dallas Goddard or N'Kobe Dean on the practice squad yet, right? No, not yet. They'll probably wait. Um, I Well, Dallas, they might not even put them on IR, depending on that that bye week helped. If it's a four-week injury, some people have speculated. I, I'm not a doctor, but that seems um, quick to me. But I guess it's possible. Um, so there's some, they might carry him the entire time. Uh, much like they did with Bradley Roby. They never put him on injured reserve. Um, now, Nicobe's going to go on IR, but they're probably, knowing the Eagles, they're probably going to wait until, um, well, it's a Monday night game, so it gets kicked back um, probably Monday afternoon um, and then swap him out for Cam Jurgens, who they technically haven't activated yet. And that's his spot. Um, but yeah, Dallas, we we don't know officially if Dallas is gonna be on injured reserve yet. We'll see again if he's got if he's gonna miss if the doctors say he's gonna miss four games, they probably want to go that route at some point. Um and Nicobe, it's obvious he's gonna miss more than four games. So he's that's going to be that's going to be the Cam Jurgens move when when they decide to make it, which knowing the Eagles will be as late as humanly possible. Right, you you wait as long as you can just to give yourself as much flexibility as you can. But uh, if Evans does come back this week, that only strengthens the defense. I'm not putting Justin Evans in the pure all wounds category, but he's a legitimate guy who's played both safety and slot corner in the National Football League, and the Eagles have been trying to put guys into that position that really have no experience in the NFL for it. And he's one of those out-of-sight, out-of-mind guys for me, John. And that's shame on me because uh, he was the starting safety when the season started. And we we now kind of forget about the fact that because they've run so many other guys into that position uh, trying to fill the slot corner spot, that you just lose track of certain guys. And I'll be honest, I think Justin Evans is one of those guys for me. Uh, Off the top of your head, how would you say, grade, however you want to define it, describe it, uh, Justin Evans' play? Mostly it's been in safety. He hasn't done much corner stuff. And if they were to use him with the fact that they went out and got uh, uh, starting safety via trade and read Blankenship, if those two guys stay healthy, the Eagles don't rotate that position. So he's not getting on the field as safety. If no. he is, it's going to be in the slot. Um, how would you say just played overall? And how do you think that plays if Bradley Roby either comes back or isn't ready to come back or comes back and gets re-injured? How do you think Evans would uh, project as a slot corner off the way that he's played so far this year? Well, that's tough because he hasn't played slot corner at all. I th- I thought he was playing. He can get in line for that one. Every other yeah. eagle that's never played slot corner uh, before has been now, asked to play he, slot he corner. Did it, he did it in, in New Orleans um, uh, a lot last season. Um, so he's done it in the past. And again, he, when I say he doesn't play slot, he hasn't, you know, there's so many empty sets. Obviously, as a safety, he goes in the um uh near the box at, at at certain times but i thought he was um pretty good pretty solid as the starting safety um uh 
I think, you know, if they didn't make the trade for Kevin Byer, this would be a big deal, you know, to get it back. But, uh, yeah, would I rather have him out there than uh, Cindy Brown and Eli Ricks? Yes, in the slot. <clears throat> um, would I rather have him out there besides Bradley Roby? No. So it's kind of, um, yeah, it gives him depth. It gives him another body before you have to get down. You don't want to get down to Sydney and 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 Eli, especially in, in the slot again. You don't want to do it. So now you can move Eli Ricks. Now he surpassed Josh Job. He's the top backup outside uh, to Slay and Bradbury. And Sidney Brown um, can, you know, go back to being a special teams player, and which he's been very good. I should mention him as well with Josh Job and Kalei Ringo when I talk about special teams. Um, and he gets to learn. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's just, uh, I apologize because I should be on top of Josh Evans because, uh, Justin Evans, because he has been a starter for the Eagles. And just the last couple of weeks, focusing so much on so many guys who haven't been, uh, have been asked to do a job they've never done before. I forgot that Evans is a guy who is an option at slot corner because, yeah, I know I'm a little skeptical about Bradley Roby. I know he played well in the two games he played. One, he played a half against the Rams. The other, he played about a half against the Jets before he got hurt again. He's got all the 50-some-odd snaps, and uh, I know he's done it for his career, and you certainly take that into evaluation, but he hasn't done all that much in Eagle Green just yet. Uh, so we'll we'll see if he just steps right in and can pick up where he left off playing in that Ram game, which was uh, pretty darn good. And he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. Our first guest of the day, we're heading down the shore. That would be our buddy Mike Gill from the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN down uh, the shore. The question is, what T-shirt will Gill be wearing today? He's getting people to, uh, uh, getting, he's getting requests now, he yes. told me. Yeah. So, so I have heard. So the big reveal of Mike Gill's T-shirt coming up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the stakes and the stakes, go to get your parlay on, go to get your party on, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean, visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Bird 65 on a spilling waiting Wednesday for the Eagles to return from their bye with the big one coming up again, Kansas City on Monday night. Mac and Mac guys joined by Mike Gill from the Sports Bash down at your ESPN 97.3. All right. You're going to need to either need to stand up or adjust your camera, Mike Gill. Look at that. The We're going one. SEC. We're oh, going this. We're going. Uh, there's there's got to be a line of logic behind it. Why old Miss today, Mr. Gill? So most of the T-shirts I have is a campus I've been to. Uh, I have not been to Ole Miss, but I do have a couple of uh, this one you see says Old Miss Baseball. I coach baseball and I had a kid that played at Old Miss. There we oh, go. Old Miss. Okay. I thought it was uh, uh, A.J. Brown celebration. No, no Eli Manning, no A.J. Brown. Uh, it's probably the depth of my old Miss alums right there. But, uh, yep, I'm, I'm, I, I figure the old Miss, I've had this one deep away. I've lost a few pounds so I can get back into the old Nice. Miss. Very good. All right. Uh, and this uh, player who improved drastically after he got out from under the thumb of <laughs> Coach Mike Gill. <laughs> exactly yeah i've had some, some pretty high uh rec- i actually have a vanderbilt shirt i had a kid go to vanderbilt but i've Vandy. been to the vanderbilt yeah. campus twice but uh I had vanderbilt i've had florida state i've had a couple pretty good got a couple uh guys who've been drafted so um yeah old miss baseball there you go that's this All weekend right. you can keep the requests coming i'll do my best you should have gone vanderbilt today because we got brad spielberger coming up after you and he's a vandy guy we could have could have made an all bandy show, but did uh, I see Jordan Matthews signed as a tight end yeah, somewhere? Yeah, he's no. a bandy guy, right? Yeah, uh, he's a bandy guy. Yes. Yeah. Who the hell did he sign with? I didn't see that. Uh, was it Tennessee? Uh, uh, let or me look I forget. Uh, yeah, but he's, yeah, he's been he's been toggling back before. Um, uh, tight end and wide receiver for a couple of years now with the 49ers. Carolina, 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 Carolina. Well, we know guys who have been tight ends at Carolina before, right? So uh, just add another one to the list. I didn't even know. I'm actually texting with that guy right now, as a matter of fact. Okay. Gil knows who I'm referring to. All right. Mike Gill, it's been a week and a half since Eagles have been on a field anywhere. 
and they get their vacation just like everybody else. Not going to complain about it. But Nick Sirianni, 3-0 and lifetime coming off the bye. But truthfully, that kind of compels, pales in comparison to Andy Reid's 28-4. He's been the best not only now in the National Football League, I would argue the best ever because right. there was a time, I know for some of you millennials might not realize it, that they didn't have this thing they call a bye. They used to just play straight through the season. So I'd say Andy's the best after-bye coach in the history of the National Football League. Advantage Chiefs, advantage Eagles, because Sirianni's undefeated. Yeah. It's only 3-0, but undefeated's undefeated. Does it uh, have any effect on the game that both of these teams are coming off the bye on Monday night? No, I think it just makes this game what it is, the best game of the season. I mean, you have a rematch of the two teams that were in the Super Bowl, and here they are, the best two teams record-wise again, and they both are coming off of a bye. So there is no, well, you had the bye week, Andy's great off the bye, you had the bye week, well, the Eagles are great off the bye. You have two teams that are at their best, trying to get healthy and playing right smack in the middle of the season, too. This isn't like a week four game. It's not a game way deep in week 15 where both teams have things kind of, you know, figured out. This is right in the middle of the year, who they are, who they want to be. I think it's just an awesome spot for this game. The buys make it even better. The fact that I read this yesterday, there's only been six Monday night football games in history that have had two teams in week 11 with seven wins or more playing against each other. We're talking about one of the premier primetime games ever is being played on Monday night with the Eagles and the Chiefs. And no, nobody really has the advantage here because you have the two best teams last year, the two best teams again this year playing midway with a bye, awesome set, uh, setting. I know it stinks that we have two Sundays in a row without football, but that's the nature of the beast when you're the best. Yeah, and it's ironic. I mean, uh, the Eagles lead the NFC and the and the Chiefs lead the AFC, so it's like nothing's changed, but uh, everything's changed. I think in both cities you have this sentiment, and, and we've talked about it all year, Mike, style points, style points, style points. When you're that good, people expect everything. And I think the Chiefs are a lot, a lot like the Eagles, and people are saying, "What's wrong with the Chiefs?" Uh, because they're only seven and two, because they laid an egg against the Broncos a couple uh, weeks ago, because they didn't play that impressively in Germany against the Miami Dolphins. Um, and now we're talking. Oh, I never thought on a team that had Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, people would be saying, well, yeah, but the strength is the defense in Kansas City. Right. It's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, we look at why. You know, it's funny. Last year in the Super Bowl, I felt the Eagles were the better roster. I just felt they had the better roster. So than did I. Did. And yeah. one of the reasons was, you know, look, they don't have a guy that's an explosive outside receiver that you're really concerned that can get these big plays against you. And, you know, I think this year, probably even lesser of a roster. So they have really, you know, tuned it up defensively. You know, where they were, I guess, three years ago when they played Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, they had a terrible offensive line. Their defense wasn't very good. They have really transformed this team and almost made it, John, we were talking about the comparisons between the Eagles and the Chiefs yesterday on my show. And, and you know, Andy Reid, the architect of the Eagles in the 90s through the 2000s, uh, really through the 2000s, late 90s. And then the Chiefs, 
Very similar. He had Donovan McNabb and not a whole heck of a lot else. He had like yeah. one weapon on offense. You know, Westbrook was there for a little while. Similar with Kansas City here. They just have Mahomes. They don't have much on the outside. They've got Kelsey. So, yeah, I think they're kind of finding their way offensively. It's, hey, Mahomes, make a couple plays, and we'll kind of stay in this game with our defense, which is a really interesting shift for where the Chiefs uh, were two, three years ago, which, by the way, ended. they've been in the Super Bowl. Think about this. If they make it again this year, that would be four out of five years that they would be in the Super Bowl. That's pretty darn impressive. And yesterday – we had Matt Verderam from uh, Sports Illustrated on, but uh, former Chiefs beat guy, and he uh, stays on top of the Chiefs very well. I think you got to give the Chiefs credit when you say, yeah, their roster might not be that good. They didn't make many additions this year, but you remember last year against the Eagles in the Super Bowl shoot the whole second half of the year. They're playing three and four rookies in their defensive backfield. Well, guess what? All those rookies now are second-year players. And they've taken steps up. And the Chiefs are a top five team against the pass this year, whereas the Eagles are a bottom five team against the pass. We can we can sit there and say Eagles have a better roster than the Chiefs. Not in the secondary, they don't. No. Um, well, I say no. Statistically speaking, no. I think you still put these guys on the schoolyard. You probably would get people picking sleds. They're going to play this one at uh, the, the, the Arrowhead this week, Mike, not in the schoolyard. Well, hopefully Arrowhead isn't an ice skating rink like uh, Arizona was last year. But, hey, I mean, talent-wise. It it's going to rain. Jody told me it's going to rain. I did yeah, a seven-day forecast. Showers yeah. all day on oh, Sunday. Okay. But this is still, yeah, five, six days away. Yeah, well, listen, that Chiefs defense, yeah, I, I think obviously uh, Jones in the middle um, is the name that kind of stands out. But there's that defense has been the star of the team this year. And, you know, the Eagles have some of these names with Slay and Bradbury. They bring in Byard. I think it's still kind of a work in, in, in a flux here with their defensive secondary. We talked about this last two weeks ago. They didn't play last week. But, you know, the starting secondary that they're going to end this season with, hopefully, has not played – one snap together yet not one i mean when they get roby in there with byard that'll be the first snap those two guys ever take together so i think the eagles defense the the secondary might have the bigger names but they have less continuity and i think you're seeing how much that matters right now the eagles defense look i think one of the things i'm big on is the ceiling of your team we saw the eagles defense really play their best game against the best offense in the league. When they played the Miami Dolphins, they said, we can step our game up if we have to or need to. Now, they don't have to or need to every single week, but against Miami, hey, this score, this team can score 60 on us if they want to, or, it, you know, so we're going to show you that we can stop an offense of that caliber if we have to. Now, fans love consistency. They want the same thing every week i want you to score 45 every week and i want you to give up seven every week then i'll be happy the eagles have showed they can get up to that level but right now the consistency is on the chief side defensively you know one of one of the also interesting things about these two particular teams is is typically they take care of the football and this season they're both in the negative category when it comes to plus minus eagles are minus two Chiefs are minus four. Um, Nick Sirianni will tell you ad nauseum, win the turnover battle, win the explosive play battle, you're going to win the game. Statistics bear that out. 
these two teams find ways to win even when they lose one of those two. Um, how much is it just, you know, I always bring up Denny Green. Denny Green told me winning is a habit. These two teams win. Yeah. Well, it might just, be different ways. How much do you buy into that, Mike? Go to Monday night. You had a team in Buffalo turn the ball over four times, and I know they had 12 men on the field, but those are the attention to details that they lose that game because they turned the ball over too many times. They kept Denver in the game. And then the attention to detail, it's why Dallas loses these games. Because in the end, if you're not attention to detail and able to overcome your mistakes, you become Buffalo, five and five. Philadelphia and Kansas City make mistakes. They're able to overcome them. And that's the sign of why you're a good team. It's not always aesthetically pleasing. It's not always a blowout. It's not always that you make every play. It's that even when you don't make a play, you can overcome it. And that's why Philadelphia is 8-1 and, and Kansas City 7-2. And, and the Dallases and the Buffaloes and some of these teams that look better some weeks. You know, there's weeks where Josh Allen, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, there's a reason why they're 5-5 five and five because – he turned the ball over twice. You go back to that uh, championship game they blew. Um, remember, yeah. everybody was talking about, how are you going to match up with these two quarterbacks? How How's anybody else? There's going to be an arms race. And all of a sudden, you know, as you're right, Buffalo is a 500 team. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more to it. And nobody's going to dispute the talent that Josh Allen has. But Jody knows. I've been calling him reckless for years. You know it too. He's reckless. He's too he's reckless. Brett Favre of our time, right? Yeah. I mean, he'll throw just 350 yards and four touchdowns, mm. but then he has three interceptions on the ledger. Yeah. I'm a yeah. Brett Favre guy, but I can't mm. I can't say he's at that level. But yeah, Brett was too reckless, especially as he got older. Um but man, Brett was good though. I, I'm, I'm not going that far with Josh uh, Allen. I, I'll give you another one going way back. Joe Willie Namath used to throw for more yards than anybody else by hundreds, if not thousands. Interception after interception after good. Joe believed. Yeah, but that was anything. a different era when you were allowed to play defense. So, you know, true. I, I, everybody true. points to Joe Namath and Ken Stabler and their statistics. How can they be in a Hall of Fame? Because they were the, the, the cornerbacks were allowed to beat up the receivers down the field. You were allowed to hit the receivers over the middle. You couldn't throw the football away, leave the tackle box. None of that existed. None of that existed. What a great so, game. Yeah. Well, I'm not, hey, look, it was brutal too. So I, I get the safety aspect of it, but it bothers me when younger fans who don't know the history of the game point to people like Joe Namath and, and Ken Stabler, the two most notable, and they look at their numbers. They just pick up a piece of paper and say, he's not a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he got them was a Hall of Famer. In his era, they dominated. Ken Stabler's win-loss record, by the way, insane. I mean, that guy just won football games. Uh, yeah, anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it bothers just, me. Uh, just an asterisk for the viewers. I am not old enough to relate to any of this, all right? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I did see Joe Willie name it play, actually. I, Mike Gill... And a game this year earlier against the Washington Commanders, I may, it may have been you. It may have been, I know I put it out there for a couple different people. I famously set the over-under sacks for the Eagles at seven and a half. 
because I thought they could get upwards of eight sacks against Sam Howell because the Washington line coming into that game was as civ-like as there was in the National Football League. And Sam Howell said, oh, yeah, Johnny Mac, uh, I'll get rid of the football in 1.2 seconds. You're not sacking me. And the Eagles didn't get anywhere near the eight sacks. Here's where I'm setting the sack number for the Eagles this week. Two and a half. You going under or over two and a half sacks for the Eagles against the Chiefs this week? I'm probably going under, and I think um, this is a you know this is going to be interesting because obviously Mahomes he does hold the ball sometimes, but he also is smart enough, and I think Andy is smart enough to know what they got here and to get the ball out quickly. But you know, does that play into the Eagles' hands because these receivers are not guys who are going to catch and run and make big plays? It's now goes back to the defense. And the tackling, yeah, they're going to let you make plays in front of them, but can you make the tackles um, similar to what they did? You know, uh, I think Tyreek Hill had 11 catches in that game, but he only had 88 yards. He had the one touchdown where he got behind yeah. him, but it was inside the red zone or maybe 25 yards. So if the Eagles are going to – that's why they wouldn't have a lot of sacks. It's basically because they're going to get the ball out. But that might play into the Eagles. That might be the game plan. Hey, not a lot of sacks, but make him get out the ball out quick. But we got to tackle, and we want them to get the ball to their wide outs who don't have big play ability in them. So, yeah, I would take the under two and a half sacks on that uh, for, for this week. I'd take the over uh, for, for the exact reason uh, Mike just said. Patrick's going to hold on to the ball. He's going to give you some opportunities to get home. My concern is, as you saw in the Super Bowl, you know, he's not Justin Fields, he's not Lamar Jackson, he's not even Jalen Hurts when he's healthy. But Patrick is that guy that kills you with that a, extending the play, gets the big burst down. The, uh, did the Eagles learn from that? Uh, are they going to spy him with Nicholas Morrow? Or it's probably not going to be Zach Cunningham, so it would have to be Nick Morrow. Or... Are they going to leave the middle of the field open because they're concerned about their pass coverage? That's what I'm worried about. Because he's going to pick up big first downs with his legs if you're not paying attention. Yeah. I think um, one thing in this game that I, I would be concerned about if I'm Philadelphia, Spagnola is a guy who likes to do a lot of um, D-back blitzes. You know, he'll bring, like, the corner. And the, he – Andy Reid, uh, Spags, they have to know that Hurts is not a big threat to run in this game, right? Yeah, but we don't know. How how, how healthy is bye week coming that's out? Where, but I'm saying that is where I think this game will be very interesting. If, yeah. if they think that's like, all right, let's see if Hurts is a, is a factor in the run game. They go right after to see that early. You see them run a lot of corner blitzes, D-back stuff, safety blitzes. And if he's not willing to use the RPO and run, we've seen this problem with the run game. That, that'll that be interesting to kind of open the book to see what the second half of the season looks like. You talked about the tight end from Carolina, Jody Mack. I was talking to Colin yesterday, and I asked him that question about, do teams hold things in their playbook? Like, do you wait for certain times of the year and say, you know what, we're going to start to expand the playbook a little bit more? And he said, yeah, there's stuff that's not installed or not used in games that you haven't seen yet so are the eagles holding stuff back right you know it's interesting we 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 talked to matt verderam from uh si uh and he mentioned something similar to that but he said typically 
when you're playing an AFC team, it's like, oh, you're never going to see them again. You you run what you want to run. But in this case, these two teams might think they may see each other again, and they may be a little bit more close to the best. Um, I don't know if I buy that, but it is, you know, maybe you want to hold something in the chamber for a big spot if you're going to see a team a second time. Uh, any any thoughts on that? Probably, um, man, I, it's amazing to me how much these teams must overthink things. Yeah. Like, oh, God, yeah. Oh, it's God. like the thought of what you're saying is like, I might see this team – 14 weeks from now, and if I run this play one time, are they going to be that meticulous studying my game film that they're going to see a tell or a take, or is Jim Harbaugh going to have a sign in the crowd that's going to tell me, hey, you remember week 11 on Monday night when the Eagles were in this similar format? Like, it's amazing that the attention to detail you have to have uh, well, you know, it's funny. That. It's when, not that outrageous. Yeah. I, 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 let me simplify it for you, Mike. What's the Eagles' goal this year uh, before their final game of the season? Well, I mean, both these teams want to win the Super Bowl. To get to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. What team, if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you're Nick Sirianni and the coaching staff, what team do you think most likely you're going to be playing on Super Bowl Sunday? Right. Well, these two teams think they're going to play again, no doubt. There you go. Then, then it's not that all that difficult. Oh, my God. How can oh, they be that I'm far down saying. the road? No, that's the matchup that most people would project as of right now. Yes, Four it's the two just teams the... are going to be in a Super Bowl. <laughs> Eagles and Chiefs in a rematch. It's just the thought of that. No, I guess what I'm saying more is that's how attention to detail oriented you have to be to be a Super yes. Bowl team. And that's why some of these teams are not Super Bowl teams that have a lot of talent, but they're not detail oriented enough. And then they get, you know, they do certain things and it gets caught on tape and they like, you're a really good team. You make the NFC or AFC championship game, but you just weren't attention to detailed enough to get to that. You know, how many times do we see, a championship game and all the hoopla and all the hype and you're ready for it. And there's a blowout and you're like, man, these are the four best teams, two best teams in the conference that are left. And they lost 35 to seven. Well, and it's like, yeah, one team was just so much more detailed. And then what happens in a game like that is when a game starts to get away, all the preparation, all the want to get to a Super Bowl. I think it just kind of steamrolls and snowballs into a blowout. It doesn't mean that those two teams are 30 points separated, but that's how the result ends up coming out is because one team was so – just had so much more attention to detail than the other. And that's the difference, you know, right now. We talked about it two weeks ago between a Philadelphia and a Dallas. Philadelphia's attention to detail is Super Bowl level. Dallas is is wild card level. Yeah. And to your point, you know, Jim Schwartz games have personalities. That's a real thing. Um, you know, uh, it really it can unfold on a particular game day. A lot of people are complaining upset the Sixers finally lost a game uh in the big in season tournament, which I don't understand. I have no desire to understand. But anyway, I, I bring that up to point out that in basketball. You know, all right, people are uh, angst. They have some uh, disappointment. They've been playing so well. You got to get right back out there and play again. Uh, baseball, as you're pointing out, Ole Miss baseball uh, in, in Major League, you play every day. 
So you might have a bad loss, but you got to get right back out there. In football, and this is a bye week on top of it, you only play once a week. And Nick Sirianni said something that was obvious earlier this year, and I brought it up, and he said, we're the only major sport that practices more than we play. Uh, And I said, you know what? I've been covering this league for a long time. I never thought of it that way. He's completely right. And barely anymore. Yeah. Well, yeah, still. Uh, but he's yeah, he's a hundred percent right. Make that statement and made it stick more than Nick Sirianni can. Well, he's still a hundred percent right. Yeah. They're going to practice on Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday this week, so that's more than the game. Even though they're not practicing, and you go back to training camp. My my point is what you brought up. The over analysis. Uh, it's outside the building. It's inside the building. Well, that's what they do more, John, is they don't practice on the field or hit or whatever, but they're in the classroom. These yeah. coaches are probably sitting there watching film at nauseum because they can't get out there and practice as much, but they're in the building and we're here. So what are we going to do? We're going to watch Kansas City play all week long, you know, all day for 10 hours a day. And I'm, 10 hours might be being generously light, by yeah. the way. And we're just going to watch every snap and every play and every alignment and everywhere they set up so that if we see that one play that they do it, you know, I'm watching the show Suits. Anybody see Suits on Netflix? Yeah, I like Suits. Where the guy remembers every single thing he read or saw. And, like, they show the, you know, the the, the visions in his head of, like, oh, yeah, your, your, your cousin. Yeah, I remember him. He was seventh in his class because he remembers the picture on the wall. That's a football coach that pays that attention to detail. I saw that play and this alignment on tape. Crazy. And and the week to week nature of the game, and the and and I call it now situation to situation. Like, you know, there is no transit of property in the NFL. You know, I it, Miami beats um uh Denver by whatever they scored 50. 70 points in that game. Um, you know, all of a sudden Denver's beating Buffalo, but there, there's no week to week transit of property in this league. Um, yet people want to put it there. Now coaches always talk about the process and that's what they're talking about. Week to week to week to week to week. However, you want to go one and oh, each week, they all say the same thing, like automatrons. Um, Nick Sirianni was fired up. After they beat the Dallas Cowboys, he can say what he want leading up to the game, but he was a little bit more juiced. He's always juiced when they win the game and they typically win the game, but he was a little bit more juiced for beating Dallas. Well, here they lost the Super Bowl to a team they thought they were better than. Um, they lost the team, they lost the game they thought they should have won. Is there a little bit more oomph in this game for the Philadelphia Eagles? It's interesting. Um, probably. I mean, I think, look, the Eagles, They the last two years, I think we can all, last year, they dealt with it the whole year. Ah, you're a byproduct of the schedule. They, they haven't beaten anybody. That's because the year before they didn't, they weren't great. They made the playoffs, but it was kind of like, eh, you just kind of snuck in. And then when you're that team the, the next year that has that great record, people don't want to believe in you. It takes them to do something for people to finally kind of, all right, you did something to make me a believer. Is beating Miami making people a believer? Doesn't seem like it. 
Dallas, maybe a little bit more. You beat the Chiefs. I think you've changed the perception to everybody from, yeah, the Eagles are good to this team's really good. So, yeah, I think there is a little bit more oomph to that. Uh, Maybe not inside the locker room, maybe to the people watching and the pundits and people like us that might give them more credit for a win against Kansas City than we will Miami. And on the road, remember that. That's uh, that too. They got they got two really good teams on their schedule: Kansas City, San Francisco. San Francisco, you got at home, major advantage. Eagles, San Fr- uh, Kansas City, you got to go on the road yeah. and win in their house. That's a tougher test. So I think you're right about it. Will raise the estimation of the Eagles. But I give you one where I think you guys are both underestimated: the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll set an over under for you. Uh, Mike Gill, under over rushing yards for Patrick Mahomes, 19 and a half. Well, he's not much of a, you know, he's not a tuck and run kind of guy. I mean, like a takeoff kind of guy. He will do it every once in a while. And it seems when he does it, it's to get that one big run, that that back-breaking first down. And it's for about 20 yards. It's once a game. Um with a few others mixed and he in, he did it there. in the Super Bowl. I mentioned that earlier yeah. in the show. That's yeah. uh, that's a big concern, and I think they should be, you know, letting Nick Morrow spy him. But I don't know if they're going to do that. Well, I would go with the not. over on the nineteen and a half, yeah. basically based off of maybe one, one run. run that he no. gets right to yeah. get that big first down to to accentuate the point. Jalen hurts yards per rush. We all think of Jalen as a rushing quarterback, right? I know less this year because of the knee and the contract and everything else, but he's a running quarterback. Yards per carry, Jalen Hurts, 3.6. Yards per carry, Patrick Mahomes, 6.1. Yeah. Almost well, double what Jalen – and we think of Jalen as a runner, and Mahomes, Mahomes is not a runner. Yep, well, guess Mahomes. what? This year, total yards – you want to talk about total yards? Jalen Hurts is third of all the quarterbacks in the league. Patrick Mahomes is fourth. He's got more rushing yards than Josh Allen. We do think of as a running quarterback. Yeah. Mahomes is not afraid to take off, and the Eagles better be careful, or he could have a back backbreaking run just like he did. Well, Mahomes picks his spots, and you're seeing more of that from Jalen this year. And Mah- and Jalen's yards per carry obviously are, uh, are compromised by the tush push. Tush where push. he only gets a yard. Plus, he two. hasn't been healthy. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's why they're down to well, where that's they an are. Interesting but... point, Jody, is, is that. Mahomes will run and he gets that first down that's backbreaking, but he picks his spots. Is Hertz morphing into that guy where he more picks his spots? Now, that has possibly <laughs> compromised your run game, and that is something that you have to think about when you're installing a run game that is so predicated on the guy who isn't running being a part of it. So that is something that really needs to possibly be reevaluated, not so much in the pass game where Hertz would take off and they would run a lot of design. You saw a lot more, you know, design quarterback draw or power sweep stuff. You don't see that nearly as much anymore, but it has certainly compromised the run game, but it has made him a overall a better weapon in the pass game. I mean, he has been, uh, he's been the evolution of yeah. think about the evolution of where he is as a passer from where he was two years ago to where he is now. It, it's almost like you you completely replaced the quarterback. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, he was uh 2021. 
he carried it 139 times, uh, 5.6 yards per carry. 2022, 165, 4.6, and he's down to 3.6. I think it's all that tush push. He what? Remember when he was healthy, he wasn't as effective running the ball. I think that's part teams adjusting. They're trying to take it away. I think that's part of it. They're more concerted effort to stop Jalen Hurts in the running game than Patrick Mahomes when Jalen is healthy. Um, I think that's a part of it, but yeah, Patrick, he, he's, he gets those one or two backbreaking runs. It seems every game. Yeah. And, and that's what it's about. Um, I don't know. Where do we have Jalen as a running quarterback? I would say Lamar's better. Justin Fields is better. We want to include Josh Dobbs. Now that he's a starter, he's better. Anybody else? I'm missing Josh Allen. Josh Allen, but Josh Allen hasn't been that great this year. Instead, he he holds it, holds it, holds it, and forces it into coverage. Just take off, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Don't be throwing picks, Josh. It's funny how the game, it seemed, RG3 kind of started it. He got hurt and kind of vanished. But after that, you had this influx of guys who were probably runners first, passers second. And they are seemingly kind of going away to guys who are just more mobile, picking their spots. They can make play with their legs. Like a Brock Purdy, he's not a runner, but he gets around. I mean, he can move. Guys who can just have some mobility. You got to have the ability to extend the play, make things happen. And the big thing, Jody, as as you just kind of brought up, is having the intuition to have that back-breaking run in you that you can take off and get that 15 yards when it's third and 13, and that's a backbreaker right there. Yeah. I, I would put Daniel Jones in that category. But oh, Daniel, I forgot Daniel. Daniel. To move. He yeah. can flat out run. He, he can. He run more than he does, but he's not running anywhere because he's done for the season. So the Jaguars By the way, Deshaun Watson officially done for the season. The Browns just announced that. Wow. Yeah. Had surgery. Broken bone on his shoulder. He played through the game with it, too. The, the Temple kid, P.J. Walker, going to take the Browns to the playoffs. That's interesting yeah. because that Browns team was defensively, although it's funny, they played Baltimore last week, two teams with really good defenses, and you had 70 points almost scored in right, that yeah. game. But personality, Jim Swartz. The style of the game, right. Personality. But yeah. if Watson but That defense has been great. Jim's defense has oh, been and But if great. Watson was morphing anywhere near the player he was in Houston, <laughs> that team would have been interesting. Yeah, and they would have been the, dangerous. The best yeah. funny thing about that is the guy who probably should be taken over as quarterback Josh for the Dobbs. Browns is yeah. Josh Dobbs, who's yeah. been with two teams since not one, two teams since Arizona into Minnesota, where he's trying to get the Vikings into the playoffs. All right, Mike Gill, give us uh, fill in the blank here. The Philadelphia Eagles will beat the Kansas City Chiefs and get some Super Bowl revenge because they blank do what or. Once again, at least in my opinion, that's Mike Gill and John McMullen, the more talented roster loses when these two teams match up because the Philadelphia Eagles didn't blank. Uh, You can go go optimistic or pessimistic. Whatever you want to do, tell me why. uh, Earlier in this conversation, I said I'd take the under on the sacks, two and a half. They will win the game if I'm wrong, and they go over that number, and they get to Mahomes, and they cause some problems – and the defense helps them win this game. If they're going to win this game, they're going to need their defense. We saw it the last time they played. They needed their defense. 
Hello, and it wasn't there for them. They never got the play. They never got that stop. They were up 10 at halftime. They didn't get a stop the entire second half of that game. They win this game if they get that stop, and the defense will be the reason, I think. I think the offense will be fine, you know, in in moving the football, maybe not scoring 35 points because both – I think Kansas City's defense is – people keep talking about, what was it, 38-35 in the Super Bowl in this back-and-forth high-scoring game. That hasn't been Kansas City's personality at all this year. So I look for something more in that 27-24 range, and if Philadelphia gets that stop, they have 27 and Kansas City has 24. But I'll tell you what, uh, the personalities of these teams from where they were in February to where they are now, it's amazing how different they are. Yeah, that's the NFL. You get 30% turnover usually on the roster. The Eagles had different coordinators. They have five different starters on defense. As you mentioned, the Chiefs on offense. Although for all the struggling of the Chiefs, they're eighth in offense. It's not like they're they're terrible, but they well, don't have. They do have something that nobody else seemingly has, as you guys just mentioned. Uh, Watson, another quarterback hurt. I mean, everybody's lost their quarterback, yeah. and somehow the Eagles and the Chiefs have not. It's a testament to both mm-hmm. offensive lines that they've kept these guys upright. And, and, that- and, and by the way, the two teams are built exactly the same, and there's a reason for that because it all comes from Andy Reid. The Eagles have built the same way since 1999. In the second hour, Mike, we're going to have Brad Spielberger did his uh, 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 top GMs, Howie Roseman's number one. Thank Andy Reid because Andy Reid taught Howie Roseman how to build a football team. Yes, and and both these teams – Build on the lines. Great defensive lines should be fun on Monday night. By the way, it's supposed to rain Monday night, Jody. All right, it's That's changed already, play, right? Did did they change the it time of the game, night. or did I? Yeah, it's a Monday. It's a game. Monday night game. Yeah, right. So you said it was supposed to rain on Sunday. Oh, did I? No, he, oh, yeah. no, he I knew, said I game day. Game I don't Monday. know. If I'm pretty sure Monday. I said Monday night. Oh, okay. Yesterday he said during the game. So. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, and look. One of the things. Um, the two teams here, I think, are not doing it in a way that has been overly impressive. But I think that is not because they haven't been impressive. I think, as we just said, they've kind of changed who they are a little bit. Um, and, and that's why we're not recognizing the teams that we're seeing right now because the teams that we saw last year were were different. Here's one thing that scares me going into the game. And I know that it's certainly not a perfect comparison, but I think you can do it. You can learn something from it. They don't play against each other. You match up one team's player at one position against the other player at the other position. Well, the offenses don't play the offenses. The defense don't play the defense. I get it. But yeah, Travis Kelsey against Jack Stoll. That's kind of an advantage Kansas City when you match up the two tight ends on these teams. And it's unfortunate that Goddard's out. If Goddard were there, I'd say, yeah, advantage Kansas City, but not by much. Yeah, this is. A I'm Grand interested Canyon to see difference. if Philadelphia uses that to their advantage. And I'm not trying to say Stoll's better than Goddard, but if they try to help jumpstart their run game by you by having less care if the tight end is a part of the the, the route tree. Uh, I think they may have to do that by necessity. Yeah. Uh, I hope hope the quarterback is healthy. That'll help the run game. That's what's going to help the run game. Yeah. Quarterback more than, more than a commitment to it, the yeah. fact that Jalen can 
uh, pull the ball back from the guy's belly and take off and go for 10. Yeah. That Early in the game, that would help the Eagles running game a lot. Yeah, and yeah. by the way, the Chiefs, you know, a team that generally did not run the ball all that much in previous years, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, who's a local kid, is very tough runner, man. He runs, yeah. he's like a Roger Craig. There's a, a you know, the knees are always up and pumping. He's a tough seventh round pick, baby. Seventh round pick. You know, I say he was a quarterback at Vineland, and basically they ran the whole offense around him. And then when he got to Rutgers, they made him a running back. So for him to go from quarterback to all of a sudden NFL running back at this level, that's a pretty amazing transformation. He's pretty big, and he was a key contributor in the Super Bowl. I know yeah, he you, was. They will forever talk about the two uncovered wide receivers, lack of communication in Eagles secondary that scored the touchdowns inside the red zone. But Isaiah Pacheco kept them in the game with the way that he played in the Super Bowl. Oh, what do you guys have? You guys discussed at all the Dobbs stuff and Kayvon Wallace that Gannon lied to him? They say that is that. I would think that that's not uncommon. I don't, uh, we didn't discuss it. In the case of, you know, I, JG's not in charge of the personnel. I mean, that's one where, right. you know, that, that if there's a red flag there to me, it's that there's not communication between Monty Osenfort and Jonathan Gannon because, you know, there's no reason JG. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She wouldn't want Josh Dobbs playing over Clayton Toon. I mean, there's none. Um, so, and, and he knows Kayvon from here. I, I kind of, I think that's a Monty thing. But they, those two should be communicating more, obviously. Yeah. And oh, yeah. by the way, they may have known that Murray was imminently coming back. And oh, by the way, he played pretty well and got a win for him. So. Yeah. That that's something people they forget. Not... Kyler, people forget Kyler Murray can play. I, yeah. I don't know where that we were talking is. about running quarterbacks earlier. Yeah, there's oh, yeah. might be as good Kyler's as yeah. at this yeah. time two years Kyler's ago. On that, on that at this time two years ago, if you wanted to place a wager on NFL MVP, Kyler Murray was the favorite. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. No, it's quite a All yeah. right, Mike Gill. We are waiting with bated breath. We've been waiting all week for the Eagles to play a game. And we had to wait all the way till Monday. We will be waiting for your next T-shirt selection for Wednesday when you jump back on with us next week after the Eagles Chiefs. Thanks for doing it today, big guy. All right, everybody. See ya. Check Mike Gill out on the Sports Bash 97.3 down the shore. You got a Gill appearance between now and the end of the week on his show? Oh, yeah. I got Wednesday and Thursday. Ah, So if you tune into Mike Gill on the Sports Bash, there's an outside chance you're going to get John McMullen. Because uh, he, he's a staple on Gil's show. And Gil is a staple on ours on Wednesdays here on Birds 365. All right, McMullen and McDonald coming back. we still got plenty to go. Le- oh, now less than an hour. So you don't want to even think about uh, streaming out with us. Stay right there.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Grossinger is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Mega Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMahon here with you on Birds 365. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com going to jump in with us in uh, about 15 minutes or so from now. Um, this is part of the gauntlet, John. We, uh, I use that word. Others have used that word. It's a good word. It fits the Eagles' schedule this year. There's a group of six games right in uh, the the start just before the start of the half and just after the second start, uh, second half of the schedule this year that the Eagles were going to be tested. And it started with Dallas and continues with Kansas City and goes four more games, including and concluding with a uh, tricky test in Seattle against the Seahawks. And then three games, at least on paper, that look easy. Although the Cardinals with Kyler Murray isn't quite the layup that I, I described it as earlier in the season. Um, it's, it's tough and it's going to put the fact that the Eagles have the number one seed in the NFC at risk because Detroit is only one game behind and Detroit's got an easier schedule. That's a little bit, a little bit of a pessimistic look at it. Can we go optimistic and go, yeah, but 
they'll be playoff tested tough. And there were some people who thought going into the postseason last year, the Eagles weren't yet playoff tested tough because they had played an easier schedule. That's just the way the schedule played itself out last year. It wasn't. There was no gauntlet in last year's schedule, John. There is one this year. Can we spin it optimistically and say, yeah, once they get through it, then there are going to be no questions to be asked as the playoffs pop up. Yeah, you can spin it that way. I mean, I think it's going to be dependent on how they perform. I mean, Buffalo doesn't look as good as, as we expected, so that game doesn't look quite as difficult at Lincoln Financial Field. But, you know, if Josh Allen shows up with his A game, that's still difficult. We know how difficult it is. The problem with the road games is not only you're playing good teams, but they're good teams in tough environments. And you say, well, that's usually the case. Not always. There are some stadiums where there just aren't great home field advantages. And I would say, by the way, Dallas is typically one of them since they moved into that cavernous building. But they've won whatever 12 straight there. Oh, so right. you got to give them, you got to give them credit at this point for, for being a good home team, but Arrowhead specifically and, and, and Seattle, whatever they call that thing nowadays, they always change the names, but um, notoriously really difficult places to play. Um, noisiest outdoor buildings in the league. Um, so that makes it more difficult as well. And then the best team of them all from a talent perspective is San Francisco, right in the middle of it. Um, so, but that's, a, here, that's here at the link. Yeah. Now, so if, if they're going to go one and four, then I don't think you can make that argument. No, 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 no. no, no. no. But I, if, if, if I, you're. I was, if, I was banking on three and two. Would be yeah, if most, you're three and if two. If I ask you right now, next five games, John, what do you think the Eagles record is going to be? Where are you going? Three and, three and two. That's where I was going to. And if you, you can make the argument then, yes, that they're they're battle tested and, and they went through that. But you have to be. You got to have your head above water. I would say even two and three is not good enough. You got to get your head above water to make that argument. Right. Um, and I think they will, and, and we'll see how it shakes out. But I, I would say you want the number one seed. I, I don't want to, you know, downplay it at all because we've seen it twice in recent history. I mean, teams aren't coming here and winning in, in, in January. Um, however, I could see them going to Detroit and beating the Lions. Um, and they've got a cushion on San Francisco. Except the Eagle Nation isn't getting into that building. You told us that last year, first game no. of the year, before the Lions ever got good. There was no Eagle participation in that building. The Lions yeah. uh, family. No, it, it, it was, it was up for a playoff game. It was extremely loud. Um, it was, I think it surprised the Eagles because they're used to having some kind of, um, you know, some kind of tilt to their type of crowd, at mm -hmm. least with teams that aren't good at the time, the Lions weren't good. Um, so yeah, I think it surprised them, but you know, it's more about the Lions as a team. I think they're very talented. I, I've talked them up for a couple of years now that they were better than people thought. Um, now everybody's starting to catch on, but I do think 
you have to go through stages in this league and they're not proven. They're not battle tested. They're not, they're not used to being in this situation. Um, and I think that's meaningful. Um, so I could see, I'm not saying it's a preference, but I could see them going to Detroit and winning a game. San Francisco. No, I don't want to go out there. Um, so the fact that they have some, uh, cushion on the 49ers, uh, matters, um, but yeah, they're they're going to be tested over this five game, and if they keep their their head above water, I think you got to be happy. Question for you, and I too can't keep up with the name changes of stadiums, and I apologize for it. I guess I should, but I really don't want to because that's your think- paycheck. That's not mine. I I don't get paid to call your stadium by the name of the sponsor, but uh, most people do. San Francisco still Levi? I know it was Levi when <laughs> they built it. And they changed the name. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, by the way, Seattle's Lumen Field. I Lumen. believe it was. Uh, is that the Lane. is that the deodorant? The blonde lady who's on my TV all the time. That's a good. Uh, I don't know what Lumen is. Is it the yeah the full body deodorant? I yeah, don't know. she's on all the time. Get rid of the stink. She makes yeah. me laugh every time she's used on. used to be uh, qu- obviously Quest Field. It was Seattle was Century Link Field, then Quest Field. Now it's Lumen Field. Um, Sounds like and home of the San Sixers. Francisco. I I don't know what it's called, but yeah, yeah it used to be it, Levi. It Levi. I don't know up. if it's still late Levi. But here's the question I was trying to get to: um, When was the last time you? How many times have you been out there to cover a game? Eagles or going back to the Vikings? But I think you were here in Philadelphia by the time they. How old is that stadium? Ten. Um, is it, it is still. It is still Levi's. Um, it is. Opened in 2014. Okay, so this is the 10th year. Have you been out there in the 10 years? Yeah, I've been there once. um, And um, it's it's a nice stadium. No, I'm not worried about the nicety of it. I'm worried about the home field advantage of it. Um, Just judging by TV doesn't sound like a raucous crowd to me. Oh, my God, you, you go an Arrowhead, you know you're an Arrowhead. That's a Kansas City home field. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's one of those where you, yeah, I wouldn't say it's at the level of Seattle or um, no. uh, or or Kansas City. No, I, I, I would agree with that. So I would not um, discount the ability for the Eagles to go out to San Francisco and potentially win a game. They'll be an underdog because uh, – if San Francisco goes by him, San Francisco will have beaten them here. There's no way that San Francisco loses the game, the matchup between no, the no, no, no. here, and yeah. still ends up with uh, the, a better seed than the Eagles. That's not happening. So San Francisco will have beaten them here, and the game's in San Francisco, so they're going to be a favorite there. But I, I would not. Well, I just, I, I, the 49ers are talented. I mean, I that's what I'm more concerned with. They, they got a lot of good players <laughs> they do a in, lot of good players including their quarterback um question on uh this week coming up against kansas city uh we went over a couple of these things with uh, matt verderame yesterday the fact that the the chiefs are a defensive based team over an offensive based team but patrick mahomes isn't getting sacked he's the least sacked quarterback in the national football league this year 
Is that because their offensive line is that much better than it was last year? Was it a change in the offensive philosophy? Has uh, he become Sam Howell of the AFC? Get the ball out as quickly as humanly possible. Uh, they have only sacked Patrick Holmes 12 times all year long, the opposition. How do you think Andy Reid has been able to pull that off with that offense? Should we be giving the, the credit to the quarterback, the coaching staff? When you've got a guy who's the least sacked quarterback in the league and Kansas City throws it up, not like Pacheco is running it 40 times a game, who should be getting credit for that, Johnny? Well, uh, the number one, when you, it, it's always the quarterback who understands he's got to get rid of the football. But I, I would say that, you know, it's Andy Reid. So I, I don't, the Chiefs had a good offensive line last year. Um, they generally always have a good offense. They arguably have the best center in football, all due respect uh, to Jason Kelsey and Creed Humphrey. Joe Thune's a, a, a Pro Bowl-level guard. Trey Smith's a really good guard. Now, the issue is they change their tackles, which typically is is not a good sign. Uh, Donovan Smith and, and Jawan Taylor. Jawan, you remember, got um, – he got a lot of ink early in the season because he lines up way off the line of scrimmage and they weren't calling uh, um, illegal formations and all that kind of stuff. So kind of like, you mean kind of like Lane Johnson? Yeah. Kind of like the Eagles. Exactly. Um, So, you know, Eagles fans will probably be upset by that at times, but no, they always have a good offense. I mean, that's, that's what Andy, that, I mean, that's what he does. Offensive line, defensive front with Chris Jones, George Karloftis has turned the corner. Um, they're always good up front. That's his whole philosophy. And they're the same as the Eagles. Uh, are they as good as the Eagles? No, I think the Eagles have better tackles on the offensive line. But again, as you pointed out, that doesn't matter. It's, it's the Eagles defensive front against the Chiefs offensive line and vice versa. They're not the offensive line isn't playing the offensive, the offensive line. Um, now I always like the Eagles matchup because you know they're gifted on the defensive front. That might be the best position group in the NFL. We've talked about it a lot, but this is one of the best offensive lines in in the NFL as well. The Chiefs are top five. And I did not set the over under sacks at seven and a half like I did previously this year. No chance, no shot this week against this Kansas City offensive line and Patrick Mahomes, who does get the ball out when he needs to. All right, McBone and McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys, going to take a quickie time out here. Then we hope to be joined by Brad Spielberger. Does a great job for both uh, Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com. I do have a cap question. Uh, The cap becomes at this stage of the season kind of irrelevant to just us football fans. But behind the scenes, you're always working the cap to see if you can get yourself in better position for next year. They're not going to be any major changes this season, but how are we running that ball? GM, right? Guess who's number one? Shockingly, shockingly. We'll talk about GM rankings coming up. I, I, I hope I tilted Brad toward not much tilting to do, but that's one of the. Uh, Donks, I, I, I still haven't gotten any apologies for calling Howie a top five GM when everybody attacked me. Um, 
That, that that bothers me. And when I said the Sixers shouldn't have traded Drew Holiday way back at the start of the process, I never got an apology for that, Jed. Yeah, you'll be waiting on both forever. All right, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com joins us next here on Birds 365. You own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to most to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Got John McMullen, Jody McDonald, and Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com jumping in with us. Spielberger, what do you do on your bye week? Do you you never have a bye week? So I'm gonna ask you to make it up. If you had a bye week, what would you do? If in the middle of the season they just said, Brad, you don't have to crunch any numbers, just get the hell out of here for 10 days, what would you do? 
Uh, yeah, I think the sick and twisted thing, I still would watch every single football game imaginable. So that's going to happen regardless. But yeah, I would sit there as a fan and just, you know, yell stuff at the TV as opposed to <laughs> kind of thinking through what's going on and having takeaways. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a simple man at the end of the day. Very nice. Uh, simple I man. I like to hear on Birds 365. Three simple men when you join us. Yes. Thanks very much for that. <laughs> yes. Um but uh, one of the reasons we wanted to get Brad today, he did his mid-season general manager rankings, kind of spurred by the change in Las Vegas. Um, no surprise, I guess, Monday Night Football rematch of the Super Bowl. Tier one led by Howie Roseman and the Chiefs' Brett Veach. Um, and by the way, the correlation between those two guys, Andy Reid because he taught him how to build rosters and build football teams. Is that how you see it, Brad? Yeah, and I believe that uh, uh, Howie Roseman taught Brett Veach a lot about football administration yes. and, and, and the contract component. So, yeah, they are they are definitely linked there in many different ways. Uh, I was laughing at you saying you're waiting for your apology. I was saying it too. Everyone jumps on. You know, it's all about results versus process. Yeah, this process has been sound from the beginning. Yes. yes, they missed on some picks here and there, Jalen Regor and uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody misses on picks. Everybody. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. Which is why yeah. he gets more dart throws, tries to get extra assets. Uh, you know, the Saints trade turning into Jalen Carter, the best recent example of an absolute. How does Mickey Loomis have a job, uh, Brad? It, yeah, well, we'll see if he, you know, uh, after the, I mean, the, the funny thing is the Saints will probably win their division, but, uh, and then lose by 30 at home to the Cowboys in the, in the first round. But um, yeah, so then that's the thing, like, this isn't about just results, even though the results are obviously there for Philadelphia the last couple of years, this is about process more than anything, but obviously good process eventually does lead to good results as it has here. But you know, that type of move, taking Jalen Hurts, even when you knew you, even when you had a quarterback on a big contract, a recent second overall pick, you still had a good quarterback. Now we have Jalen Hurts as one of the top, you know, five, six, seven guys in the NFL. Um, he is a, he is clearly the best GM in the game. Uh, I don't think there's any debate about that whatsoever. Well, uh, that makes us three for three. I'm thinking he's the best GM in football, but I'll play devil's advocate for you. Um, much like in baseball, Johnny loves baseball analogies. Uh, Luis Arise led Major League Baseball in hitting this year at 350, which these days in baseball, 350 is high. You can usually win a batting title in the 320s. He hit 350. Nobody hits a thousand, and Howie doesn't hit a thousand either. I think he missed out leading up to the trade deadline when Rasul Douglas was on the open market and the Eagles weren't willing to pay the price, which turned out to be a third round pick for the player and a fifth round pick as well. So it's not quite the equivalent of a third round pick. And the Eagles are playing guys like Sidney Brown and Eli Ricks at the slot corner these last couple of weeks. Um, I thought when Rasul became available, I didn't think the Packers were going to trade him. That was someone how he should have reached out for. He ends up going to the Bills. He's played pretty well in his two weeks for the Bills. Do you think Buffalo overpaid for Rasul Douglas? It was great in this past game, um, you know, in particular, obviously a loss for, for them, but he had a bunch of pass breakups against the Broncos. Uh, do I think they overpaid? No. Um, I know, look, I know for a fact all these teams, Buffalo, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, San Francisco, were trying to get Jalen Johnson from the Chicago Bears first. Uh, and then, you know, there was a pivot to Rasul Douglas. I think once they realized the asking price was simply too high for Jalen Johnson's services, 
and I, you know, I do wonder if, if Green Bay preferred sending him to an AFC team. So I'm not trying to give like Howie an excuse here, but you know, the teams do try to do that <laughs> and send him to a different Hold conference. Timeout, yep. Lambeau yep. Field. Do you actually think that was in play here in this deal? The Packers are going nowhere fast. In a year where you're in it, you don't want to trade him to someone who might take you out of it. They're not going to the playoffs, and they know it. No, they're it's gonna, not. No, they're going to make not, the trade with the team that gives them the best deal, not, oh, we got to get them to the other conference. For sure, for sure. I mean, also at this point, you know, the Bills might not even make the playoffs, so that draft pick is going to be about a half round better than Philadelphia's. But, but no, I hear you. That, that's fair. But, um, no, I don't think they overpaid. I think it was a good price. Russell Douglas is on a reasonable contract for this year and next season. There are no guarantees next year, so they can work through a different component uh, or a new deal for him. Um, he can play in the, on the inside and on the outside. We've seen success in both spots. I do think he makes more sense out wide. Look, I hear you. I mean, they obviously did trade for Kevin Byard. They have moved a lot of their mid-round picks, you know, with some misses there. Robert Quinn, for example, you know, some of the recent third, fourth, fifths, They've moved four players, some hits, some misses. So, look, I I get it. I do think to a degree, though, you have two starters that are 30-plus at corner already, and I think they want to let these young guys, yeah, they're failing early, sure, but let them play and grow and get better. I think it is a luxury of how good this team is. Like, let them go through those growing pains. You're still 8-1 and one and comfortably leading the conference right now. You know, come playoff time, it could be an issue. Um, but but I think it, there there is a reason to it right now, I believe, as well. Uh, there was so much, you bring up Jalen Johnson, there was so much uh, smoke around him leading up to the trade deadline for multiple teams. But I, I want to boil it down to the Eagles and, and 49ers, Brad, because I think those two teams look at each other as the hurdle to the Super Bowl. Um, and there was talk about Pat Sertan. And both of those teams going after the Eagles loved him coming out. Um, now, Denver was talking about two first-round picks. And it seemed to be like almost saber-rattling, you know, from the 49ers and, and, and the Eagles. We can't let them get Sertan. We can't let them get Jalen Johnson. Do you think that any of that played into it? And I think they kind of fell off. Not that Rasul's a bad player, but those two guys are a different level. I love Patrick Sertan, but uh, going back to the GM rankings, Howie's too smart to trade two first-round picks for a cornerback. Look, a corner is a great position. It's an important position. If you're trading two first-round picks for a defensive back, you're, you don't understand the, the proper valuation of assets in today's NFL. And, yes, Jalen Ramsey had a great little run with the Rams. I get that. Um, it's not smart. It's, it's not a sound process. Maybe the results can be good. And I think Sertan is a t- clear-cut top-five corner in the, in the National Football League. So – I do think that was part of it. I do think those two teams were probably jockeying and didn't want the other to get a player. I think they are clearly the two contenders that probably have a rematch in this conference championship game in a couple of months from now. Um, The Johnson thing, I I do think, frankly, I think Pittsburgh actually was more in the mix towards the end of the conversation than Philadelphia was, than even San Fran was. Um, And the asking price there was like a second – Plus, which again, I like Jalen Johnson. I'm a Bears fan. I watched the guy play on an expiring deal. I'm probably not giving you a second, you know, and more draft capital to then extend Jalen Johnson. I'm just not sure it's worth it there. So, long, long answer short, like, yeah, I think they're the, the Eagles were keeping tabs on everybody else. And obviously, the Niners do bring in Chase Young. Um, but, but I think getting Byard was important. And I think now you just need growth from these young players. 
which I know, you know, it's an all-in year. I get that. But they don't want to go fully all-in and kind of hamper their ability going forward because they still, even after losing some of these veterans, should still be one of the best teams in the conference, uh, you know, next year and beyond. Need your PFF uh, insight on a very specific individual Eagle player, and that's DeAndre Swift. He has all of one touch week one. Comes back, goes for a buck seventy-five week two. Follows it up with a hundred and thirty the week after against the Bucks, and he hasn't had anywhere near a hundred since. There are varying reasons why those numbers peak valley the way that Minnesota just said. We dare you to run the football, and they did right down their throats. And his name is DeAndre Swift. Where is your ranking for DeAndre Swift this year as a running back in the league as compared to? other top running backs. I still think he's number three overall because of those two amazing games and total yards. Where does he rank out after his first half performance as per PFF? Yeah, he's been good for sure. Uh, but I think, you know, you look at a guy like Miles Sanders and he's basically not even starting anymore in Carolina. Like it's, uh, we are seeing exactly why when there were rumors of the Eagles taking Bijan Robinson, I was sitting there chuckling behind my keyboard. Like it, it's not <laughs> so it was, was I, it, like, yeah, he's good. But like, if you look at forced missed tackles or yards after contact per rushing attempt, the two stats that I think we believe actually isolate the running backs value from the offensive line, from the scheme, from everything else. He's good for sure. He's not a top three running back in the NFL or even really close to it. Yeah, he's good. He's a top 15 running back this season. If he goes to Carolina next year, he'll have 400 rushing yards, just like Miles Sanders probably will this year. <laughs> yeah, and that's so. Let me bring it back to Howie because I what you know I've been a long time advocate of Howie 2.0 being, and some people say this is 3.0, and that's what I that's what I want to talk about. Howie wasn't always this good, Brad. Um, you know, he he learned on the job. He made a lot of mistakes. You know, we all know Chip Kelly and the power struggle came back, and that's when he kind of turned the corner. I say it all the time. To be fair to other GMs, they don't get that kind of rope. They're they're out the door. They don't get a chance to learn. So that aspect factors in for me. I think people have swung the pendulum too far. Now, how he's great, how he's number one. But, man, Jeffrey Lurie is a big part of this because – Patience, experience matter, and I'll bring it back to your beloved Bears. Look, Ryan Poles is all—he's got you know number one pick, maybe another top five pick. Is he going to keep the coach? Is he going to keep the quarterback? Are these decisions? Is he going to be there long term? It's difficult to get over that hump where somebody will have the patience for you to develop to be a good GM? It's a phenomenal point. It also, within each individual move, like we always talk about, oh, like I wish my GM, you know, was focused on the long-term and not just making short-term trying to win now decisions. Not, a lot of GMs can't actually operate that way if they want to keep their jobs. And, and they, they wish they had that luxury. They probably, in their mind, agree with the fans that are clamoring for that, but they know – if we have a down year and have a losing season when the owner thought we were going to be a playoff team, 
I may not have a job, so why would I care about stockpiling future draft picks if I'm not going to be the one to make them? It's the classic classic principal agent problem, and I do think Howie Roseman has the luxury of knowing, hey, if I have a down year or this happens or that happens, I'm not going to get kicked to the curb immediately. They're going to let me actually think long-term here. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a phenomenal point. It's very, very true, and it is a luxury that, I don't know, five general managers actually mm. have across the league right now, and it, it's a huge part of his success. But, you know, you talk about 2.0 or 3.0. I also do think he has made changes and, and tangible differences to how he approaches things, um, even ignoring timeline stuff, more so, you know, maybe trusting scouts more and listening to the evaluation, listening to how they want to build the roster out, listening to veterans in the locker room and things of that nature um, that maybe wasn't present in the first couple times around. Brad, I'll go back to your GM ranking list. Where's Joe Douglas? So he's in tier two, and it's not really supposed to be like in order. Like he's near the bottom of tier two, but really it's supposed to just be tiers. Um, look, I think Joe Douglas has done a phenomenal job of evaluating talent, obviously outside of quarterback Zach Wilson. I mean, you look at the last couple draft classes they've had in New York, and, it, and yeah, they've had early picks, sure. But I mean, last year's first round looks to have added three blue chip talents. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, if he can stay healthy, is a blue chip offensive lineman that can play literally every position. You know, you go down Michael Carter, the slot corner, a good later round pick. Like they've really hit on a ton of draft picks the last couple of years. Obviously, the Aaron Rodgers trade trying to, you know, fix the Zach Wilson situation. It was it was a bit aggressive. And, and of course, you know, the Achilles injury was unforeseeable. But <clears throat> excuse me. He, he clearly, I think, un understands how to identify talent. Um, it's just, you know, there's been a lot of injuries and issues at the most important position in all of sports. But trading away Jamal Adams for two first-round picks was a slam dunk. Like, there's been a lot of good there. Um, so, yeah, I, it's unfortunate. If they, if they had an, a league-average quarterback, I think they're leading the AFC East right now. Who, who do you think is making the decision right now that Zach Wilson is still their quarterback? Is it the coaching staff? Is it Douglas? Is it Woody Johnson? Because you're right. It, it, across the board, he just keeps getting hits and hits and hits and hits. But the big base is loaded, two outs, bottom of the night. Zach Wilson gets another at bat. What the hell? What are they thinking? Who's making that call? It is pretty crazy. I, I mean, to a degree, I think they're all kind of in lockstep with, with the way the messaging is that they probably all agree they'd love to have somebody else, and he is not good enough. But – you know, then I guess I'll go Woody Johnson. Like, I don't think he wants to spend any more cash. Now that they've lost Aaron Rodgers, the team is second in the NFL in cash spending this year. I want to say they're definitely top three. Um, so, and like, you know, he probably still wants to give him a chance and see if he can get better. Like, but I don't think Joe Douglas or Robert Sala, if they had their their choice, will want to, to watch any more Zach Wilson. Like, we think it's painful <laughs> for us to watch him play. I promise you it's more painful for them. Yeah, well, it has to be. It was painful for the nation to get back-to-back -back New York football. You had the Giants in the uh, the late afternoon window, then the Jets. It was painful for us all. But I, I got to tell you, Brad, I was a little bit surprised. I was looking at your tier one. As you said, it's, you know, how he's not necessarily number one. It's just a tier, but I'm going to put him at number one. We're, we're going to put him at number one on Birds 365. But I was surprised Jerry Jones is in there. Now, I do give him credit, and you you also put Will McClay as the vice president of player personnel, who's, you know, probably more responsible, obviously, for the scouting aspect. And you bring up a good point. 
Um, they got a lot of homegrown talent on that team. It's a very good roster. They made some better moves with veteran players, uh, especially with Stephon Gilmore. But, you know, I don't see, despite his reputation, and you mentioned windows, uh, and, and some guys are more window-oriented. I don't, I don't see a sense of urgency ever in Dallas. Like, and and that bothers me. I, I can't even put my finger on it. But when you're that gifted and that talented up and down the roster, and you're kind of just stagnate, it's weird. It's a little bit weird to me. Totally. No, I get it. And, and I know that people want to see, you know, playoff results uh, again is driving this article or something like that, but it, it is a sustainable competitor. And I get they have not gotten over the hump and they get their ass kicked by the Niners or whoever, or the Eagles come playoff time. Well, they play Philly pretty well the last couple of years, but um, look, they are the, like first, the most homegrown team in the entire National Football League. My biggest issue with them, biggest gripe with them had been not getting the early extensions done, like how he was killing them with Josh Sweat and Jordan Mailata and insert 10 other names, and they're sitting there and waiting until franchise tags for every top player on their roster, and we finally saw this offseason then pivot away from that and sign a bunch of guys to early deals. You know, unfortunately, Trevon Diggs gets hurt, but I thought he was playing the best football of his career and signed an extremely team-friendly contract. And then you mentioned the urgency. Agreed, of course, but I do think you finally saw you're trading for Brandon Cooks, who had 173 yards and a touchdown this week, and mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore, who I think has been good all year. Like, they finally did do that. I think they finally said, all right, look, we have a really good team. We're going to pay Micah Parsons soon. We're going to pay C.D. Lamb soon. Like, we got to go, not go all in, but we got to push the envelope a little bit, and they finally did it. So, yeah, I've had a bunch of people kind of mock that one. Look, I get it. They haven't gotten the big game. They're America's team, so everyone kind of is annoyed with the Dallas Cowboys and, and wants more from them. They're a 12-win team like every single year, and their draft 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 wise, they are the best team in the NFL over the last decade. It's kind of not even debatable. I get we want more from free agency; they don't really do it. We want more trades and all that. I, I totally understand it, but to build a consistent playoff caliber team, they're they're as good as anyone. Right, but you got to be able to get up and over the top, and it's it's frustrating for John McMullen, Jordan McDonald, Brad Spiller. Well, we'll wait to the playoffs. Go ahead, play your 17 J. Just get them out of the way so we can go ahead and see what you do in the playoffs because that's the only thing that matters because that's really <laughs> where the Cowboys are at right now. All right, overall rankings. We talk about power rankings probably too much on this show. And, oh, you know what? Screw it. Different question. Your thoughts on ESPN's power index because PFF is based on scouting and analytics and the combination and the marrying of the two and that – ESPN has this, I'll choose my word carefully, stupid power index rating that they just put numbers into a computer and come up with a thousand simulations played or whatever. And somehow they have the Eagles as the seventh best team in the NFL. And it hasn't changed. Teams win, teams lose. Eagles just continue and the Eagles stay at seven. So it makes no sense to me. Maybe you understand it better than I do because Every week, I feel I need to read the little that they give you on how they actually compile these numbers, and I still don't understand it. What do you think of ESPN's power rating index? So I'll say this because you know you get me in trouble here too. I, I have not been able to look under the hood of what they do, so I obviously don't want to say anything extremely you know confidently in any direction. But I will say this: 
Um, when I see it used, you know, you go in the app and it'll give you the percent each team's going to win a game. Like if you go into a matchup and it says like, we think X team has a 65% chance. It's like a little circle where it's like filled in. Yep. All I can say is this. It's clearly not being regret to use simpler terms. Like it's not being looked at the market. Go look at Vegas. Look at the market. Look at what you have. And I'm not saying you have to just abide by what the market says, but adjust what you're doing. So it's closer in line with what the market clearly dictates, because I mean, that's what Vegas is doing at their entire operation is, is power ranking these teams head to head, but also overall looking at futures markets, et cetera. I think there is a, there's just not enough of like, yeah, come up with your own model, have your own opinions. But at the end of the day, if it, if it's that much different from what the market is telling you, you probably should go back under the hood and tweak some things and I don't know if they're doing that. Maybe to the fullest extent, they should be. So, uh, fair enough. Results, I, enough. I can guarantee that because the Eagles have been locked in at seven yeah. for about I, six straight weeks. I, I, my, my policy on power rankings, Jody knows, Brad. If you don't like one, turn the page to the next. Who cares? Style points don't matter. Um, are you winning football games? Are you losing football games? Um, that's what matters. Now you try to predict, and obviously there were a couple teams last year, Minnesota, most notably the New York Giants, where we all said, look, this is not sustainable in, in Minnesota's case, winning one score games. And sure enough, they regresses right back to the mean. The New York Giants are probably the worst team in football this year. Um, and, and a lot of things have gone wrong for them. Um, but I'll, I, I guess I'll end it with the Bears because the Bears interest me, and I've been hard on the Bears, Brad. I admit, uh, full disclosure, I, I, I don't understand some of the things Ryan is doing, but he's got them set up with a ton of cap space, two top 10 picks. Justin Fields is set to come back this week. Do they want him back? Do they want to win football games? How do you, how do you sort of – Get that NBA mentality in the NFL. Should you have it? Should they be trying to win games? Is Matt Everflus even going to be there? Is Justin Fields even going to be there? If not, they're going to affect their future. How how, how difficult is that for Ryan Poles? I mean, I will say this. They are they have three wins, and two of them were not even with Justin Fields in the lineup. So there's not really a you know guarantee he's that's gonna good. elevate well, the team that's that. I, look, I yeah. do think he's better than Tyson Bajan yeah. um by a comfortable margin, and, and he um has shown some good football, like unfortunately, right before he got hurt. But the, the, having the Carolina pick is huge, and you obviously need them to just lose every single game. Yeah. Kyler Murray coming back is fantastic news. Um, the Giants and Patriots playing each other is great. As a Bears fan, I hope the Giants somehow find a way to win that game because they are the worst team in football by a mile right now. Um, so I just I think you still do as much as I think they are going to draft a quarterback. I think you need to see what you have in Justin Fields to the fullest extent. See if he can be a different player over these last six seven weeks, whatever it is. Um, they play the Browns, which you know tied to this morning's news. It's kind of unfortunate if you want them to lose every game. They obviously have a better chance in that matchup now. But, you know, I do think, like, if you win one extra game and go from picking fourth to sixth or, I don't know, seventh to ninth, like, that's not the biggest deal. You need Carolina's pick to be first or second because I do think those two quarterback prospects are in a tier of their own fairly comfortably right now. But, yeah, you can't full-on tank unless, you know, like the only – 
true tanking move we ever see we ever saw was our good pal Nate Sudfeld in Philadelphia against the Washington Commanders. Um, that's the only time we've ever actually seen it. Again, shout out Howie. Um, but uh, no, 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 shout out Jeffrey, the unstoppable yeah. Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, <laughs> I think the owner was involved in that decision. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but yeah, so like I get the question, and I, and I and I, I share some of the concerns. I just. I don't think it's going to automatically make them win a bunch of games. He was, what, one in five? Oh, you know, that's a starter anyway. That's probably the best point. They're not <laughs> yeah. very good with him. So, yeah. yeah. I just a little, because he can make a play, win a game, yeah. you know. you know, I, it, It's tough for me because I I, I don't like tanking. I don't, I, I don't think it, it helps long term. I, I do believe, you know. I always say Dennis Green told me way back in the day, winning is a habit. I think losing is a habit. I think that's real. You don't want to get too ensconced in it. But boy, you know, I if if you know you're not, and I guess they don't know, but I think they should know they're going to draft a quarterback. Uh, I think they probably know. I mean, although it's interesting, if you don't get a top two pick, I do wonder what they do. Um, I thought J.J. McCarthy could maybe step up and be that number three threw the ball eight times against Penn State, including a third and goal from the 10. They ran the football. Yeah. Zero yeah. times um, in the second half. He went the entire second half without throwing the football. Didn't they oh, run yeah. it like Zero. 30 straight times? 30, yeah, they ran 30 straight times. Straight, and I yeah. get they didn't need to throw the ball to win. But you still, I think if you had, if you thought the kid was a top three pick, you probably let him throw the ball on third and goal from the 10-yard line. So um, he still has the Ohio State like. game. Yeah, yeah. He still has the Ohio State game. Maybe it turns it. But, like, Michael Penix, Bo Nix are 25 and have had injuries, yeah, like not interested. Yeah. I don't think Sanders comes out. Quinn Ewers is not going to come out. It shouldn't come out because I don't think he's a top 50 pick at this point. Anyway, whole separate conversation. I think that if, if Caleb Williams or Drake May are available, they take one of them. Um, but, yeah, their own pick, you know, moving a couple of picks down, I don't think they're super concerned about. Again, back to our original conversation. Yeah. I think Are you frightened at all by Caleb Williams in this season? Are you frightened at all by Caleb? Not the crying stuff, not any of that yeah. nonsense, but I I just don't think he's learning a lot under Lincoln Riley. I think there's going to be a lot of learning at the NFL level. I'm a little so, more concerned. Yeah, no, I, 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 with you 100%. I could care less about the, the off-field stuff. The, the the holding on the ball, I mean, he has the highest average time to throw in the in, in college football or up there. Um, it's also off the charts. Even if you look at other prospects, and, like, that's Justin Fields' biggest issue is that he just holds on to the ball forever, leads the NFL on average time to throw again this season. And, uh, look, there are some, you know, like Jalen Hurts is up there in that stat. Lamar Jackson's up there in that stat. But they also don't take a lot of bad sacks. And when they do need to get rid of the football, they do it. Um, you know, whereas Fields is was missed the last month because he got sacked against the Blitz because he didn't know, you know, he didn't know he was hot to the left side. Anyway, it is a concern for sure. I came into this season being like, Caleb Williams is the clear cut number one. There's probably no chance that changes. Drake May, I think, is closing that gap on a weekly basis. Not that he's perfect either. Um, I still have Caleb one, but May is now a very close two uh, at this point. Agree with you there. All right, Brad. Last question. Matchup specific strength of one team over the other. What do you think will be the key element as to who wins Chiefs Eagles Monday night? Eagles running the football. So the Chiefs defense is awesome. I think it's a top five unit in the NFL at this point, but they are still very susceptible against the run. Bottom five in in success rate allowed against the run this season. Um, And and I think that's the key because also, you know, of course, all the cliches, you keep Mahomes off the field, you control time of possession, all all those things that, you know, are true. Um, I think that is the key to this game for Philadelphia 
because look, the secondary con- does concern me in Philadelphia. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I have I have concerns about their secondary, no question about it. Even though the Chiefs, you know, have t- Travis Kelsey and and really nothing else at receiver. Um, but yeah, that's the key for me is run the run the ball down their throat and just sustains eight minute drives, cap them off with touchdowns. I think that's how you win this game. And I think Nick Bolton being out is a key that yes. he, they miss him badly. And yes. he's not going to be back for this week's game. All right. Uh, always a pleasure, brother. Appreciate it. How he uh, appreciates your ranking. John appreciates your ranking because it lets him do another victory lap that Howie is the best general manager in yeah. the NFL. We didn't oh. we didn't correlate that. At PFF underscore Brad, make sure you follow Brad on X. Uh, read him. Uh, his midseason GM tiers. Uh, phenomenal read. You get the input of why Howie and Brett Beach are so good at what they do. And good. We'll Thank they, you, guys. All right, down there on the field, shaking hands before the game. Always a pleasure, Brad. Thank you very <laughs> Thanks, much. Thanks, Brad. Brad Spielberger, uh, PFF, and over the cap. We didn't really even talk about the cap. There was too much on-field football stuff to get the cap things because it doesn't really matter at this stage. But before you know it, this season will be over. Go, hey, wait, what, what kind of cap moves did they make at the end of the year? I was very good at that, too, by the way, uh, with help from his friends. He's got other good cap consultants in that Eagle front office. At Jake Rosenberg, people. shout out. He does. Uh, they get outstanding uh, maneuvering of the cap. Like I would say, that's one thing that makes them potentially the best front office in the NFL. All right, McMullen, McDonald, we got to come back and put a bow on the show. Stay here on Birds. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. 
Sogonow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, Mac and Mac. Coming down the home stretch of a Wednesday. Yes, the Eagles will get back to work tomorrow. Practice. Yeah. Practice. Practice for a kind of big game against Kansas City Chiefs. Hope you've heard. They played the Chiefs again this week. The team they lost to in the Super Bowl. Kind of a big game coming up on Monday. Um, you just gave a shout out to Jake Rosenberg, how he's right-hand man, cap management and the like. Uh, good for him. Good on you. Let me ask you about two other Eagle employees that, I can only look on a, up on a website. I don't know their actual responsibilities, but at least as per the title, they may be important guys this week. Do you know either Max Gruder or Jeremy Gray? Um, Max is a personnel guy, I believe. Um, Jeremy Gray, is that... Uh... Max uh, is the director of pro, pro scouting, and Jeremy is the assistant director of pro scouting. Here's the reason yeah. why I ask about both of those two guys this week. We've heard this phrase plenty leading into, and we will hear it after the Eagles go back to work. Self-scout. That that's one thing that you absolutely take advantage of during the bye week. You have time to self-scout. You don't have to worry about jumping on to the next opponent immediately because you don't play them for 15 days. In Eagles case, because it's a Monday nighter. So you get to evaluate yourself. Certainly the coaches are the main self-scouters, but do you let the front office influence? Do you bring in somebody whose job it is to scout, to point out different things that there's probably one of these two guys is probably assigned the Philadelphia Eagles that their job is to scout the hometown team and point out things that they're seeing that may be different than the coaching staff is seeing. How big does self-scouting go for the Philadelphia Eagles? No, the self-scouting is pretty much the coaches. Um, you know, advanced scouting, guys on, on you know, weeks ahead will be looking at Kansas City or coming up, uh, uh, Buffalo, San Francisco, et cetera. Um, also, when you see, you know, somebody is inconsequential as um, whether it's the offensive lineman they brought in. Now, obviously, they were already familiar with uh, um, Noah Tungiai, but, you know, before him, it was E.J. Jenkins. And when you see all these moves, um you know, you build up a dossier, you see generally it's Tuesdays, most weeks, this week it was Monday. You'll see a bunch of workouts across the league. Every team has a group. It, sometimes they bring in players because they need a position. Um, Anthony Barr worked out earlier this week for the Eagles before he went back to Minnesota. They need help at linebacker, obviously. They'll probably continue to look at linebackers. Um, so that's sort of what the pro scouts do. Uh, is keep, you know, everything abreast on everybody around the league. And, and you're always having that list of players available. And, 
if something happens, you go to that. Um, but the self scouting during the bye week, that's 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 the coaches looking at you know the team and in 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 internally um, more than externally, and that's their responsibility. And the Eagles are you know the Eagles got enough assistant coaches they can they can handle it i i would suggest it would be advantageous i'm not saying that i would rate their contribution over what an uh, assistant coach says but it's always nice to have someone outside the loop inside the loop is inside the loop and you might see things differently if you get someone from outside the loop they might see something a little bit different and i don't think that's a bad thing to have in the mix well, the Eagles always talk about, you know, any everybody's got a voice and it's not like they're not talking. Um, but yeah, it's not, you know, it, it, it's like any other job. You have a job description and that's not their job description. Now, if somebody comes up with, uh, you know, I always go back to the Philly special, um, you know, for people that don't know the story, Press Taylor found that um, from a meaningless uh, Bears Vikings game week 17 the year prior the Bears ran it on a two point conversion uh, called it he, press wasn't even the assistant quarterbacks coach at the time he was the you know uh, a quality control guy and it was his responsibility to look at um, other games and see if there's anything they could use and you know throw it up the chain of command so to speak so there's job descriptions and you know, that's the job. That's part of the job description of the coaching staff and the job description for the pro scouting get people is, you know, both advanced and keeping an eye on players and throughout the league, whether, you know, Kevin Byard, you're going to trade for Kevin Byard. What's your, what do you, what can you tell us about Kevin Byard? You're going to trade for Jalen Johnson. What can you tell us about Jalen Johnson? We got to run, but uh, I guess, well, we can save this for tomorrow. I'm just going to ask you, maybe you can find out specifically. Do the Eagles have someone who scouts the Philadelphia Eagles? If a pro scout's job is to know all the other players that are out there on other teams, on a practice squad, should we make a play for them? Where do you increase our practice squad? And the like, I get that that's a pro scout's main job, but is there anyone that is specific job titled self-scouting the Philadelphia Eagles. If you can find that out today, that's something we can probably discuss tomorrow. McMullen and McDonald will be right back here tomorrow. Getting that much closer. Eagles are going to practice. We're going to be here on Birds 365, back in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.